Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Teller County Podcast. This is the producer, Tommy, sitting in again for Commander Couch. And in the studio today, we have Deputy Bunting and Sheriff Mike And also joining us, we have the County Administrator, Cheryl Decker, and the Director of Emergency Management, Don Angel. Thank you for joining us today. So today we're going to be talking about... Uh, COVID-19 and the Taylor County response to it. I'm sorry, I say response, I actually should say response and preparations for it because there's a lot of things going on in the background to prepare for what's coming or what could possibly be coming. And what we really wanna do is work towards dispelling a lot of that misinformation that's leading to some fear and some paranoia out there. So uh, can I go ahead and have you kind of talk about how the county is preparing for what we have with the COVID-19 situation right now? Yes, this is Don Angel, Director of Emergency Management for Teller County. I think it's important for everybody to know and understand that Teller County has been very proactive. We have a Teller County agency combined team that puts together a emergency action plan on a daily basis. This allows us to manage prepare for, plan for, and logistically support any of the actions that we are trying to do across all agencies within Teller County. This is not just a county response. It's everybody's response and everybody's efforts from all the agencies, special districts, towns, cities, as well as the county. We also reach out to our neighboring counties who do not have the direct support of their county administration, and we ensure that the residents that we rely on in Teller County are being planned for, prepared for, and that we take appropriate actions well in advance of what we feel are the indicated needs coming up. So one of the questions that I keep seeing or hearing uh, is uh, what's going on with the, the testing? Um, there's a lot of misinformation, a lot of speculation out there that's uninformed about the testing. So can I have you kind of get into uh, what's going on with that? Yes, I think that's a very good question. I think the citizens have a right to know. What we did here in Teller County, we did receive a very small sample of the testing equipment that would be necessary should we go to a nationwide test everybody policy. We established a testing site over at the middle school. We set it up for a couple hours to work out all the logistical aspects and the preparation. So when federal supplies come in and we begin countywide testing, Should it be deemed necessary that public health, the sheriff's department, and emergency management have a very cohesive practice and well-versed plan to take care of the citizens of our communities? This plan was tested. We used what we could. We made changes because as we found, we can always optimize our efficiency and effectiveness, especially in this PPE shortage, how we're going to deal with testing and minimize the waste of valuable personal protective equipment, P. 
PPE. For those of you that hear that term, that across the nation is one of the nation's biggest shortages. And right now, that is what we're focused on, is our critical first responders. Our goal is to ensure that our life and our backbone of critical infrastructure is not compromised in our cities, towns, special districts, and our county. So that explains a little bit why nobody is testing right now. There is a nationwide, worldwide PPE shortage. So we focus those resources on the areas that we feel will best justify the actions later as we move forward. There is no way to stop the virus. We all know that. What we need to do is optimize how we use our resources to be better prepared and be able to respond when certain outbreaks hit or needs arise. And you know, Tommy, the other thing too, just watching and being a part of the testing, it was set up and done very well. But the other side of it is we had a lot of people that were showing up to the testing site that didn't have a doctor's note, didn't even know if they were sick, and were coming with a lot of other things like a leg pain. People that just decided, I want to get tested now. Well, the problem is, is that if we use all those test kits on folks that really aren't uh, or have no need to be tested, then it takes away from the elderly population, too, that may go to the hospital tomorrow. We only have so many test kits, and the hospital is trying to test them to see if they have the, the disease. And the, and the problem is, is that it, it's cutting down our supply for those things. And I think that's a big need in this community to understand. Mm -hmm. You can go to our website. That would be telecovid.com. And look at what the symptoms, signs and symptoms are. Contact your physician for that or contact telehealth. And the, the way to get on the telehealth is also on that website. Um, you can go through those needs and they can give you a note if need be to be tested. But what's happening is you've, we've got allergy season. We got flu season going on. We've got the, this virus coming through. And the fact is, is how do you separate all those? And not everyone needs a test. So even for first responders, we don't have tests right now. And here's the real world that we're dealing with. We're going to issue a deputy two pairs of gloves and a face mask. That's it. That's what we're having to do for PPE because of the shortages out there. So if we run a testing site and we have 150 people come, well, maybe the county only has 100 test kits. And the other side of that was all that PPE for all those folks that are there have now been expended. So when we go to a hospital or it needs to go to first responders, we don't have the supplies then to give them because we've expended it on something that we already know is there. And even some of the testing is not coming back for two weeks. Right. So the problem is if we run all these tests, we're bogging down the system again, and it'll take two weeks and that person may be done with this virus by the time they even get the test results back. So really the testing, the way it was being done for the, uh, the, the roadside drive-through testing was really to identify numbers. It really wasn't to help us with the initial issues. So that's the real world why we don't do the testing anymore. So it wasn't because we're trying to hold back test kits. It wasn't because we're, you know, we're only doing first responders. Because that's some of the rumors I heard at first was, well, you're only testing first responders. Well, if I was only going to test first responders, I darn sure wouldn't set it up in a public <laughs> environment and announce to the community to come through. So, 
You know, those are just some of the simple things, some of the fake news, fake media. And we have some local fake media sources that are putting out some crazy stuff. I saw it last week with the fact that um, I had shut down the county, declared martial law. I was going to shoot pets and and uh, charge everybody thousands of dollars for a ticket. And this is the new way of life. I heard all that. And you know what? It's bogus. And it's sad that we have local news uh, for people that supposedly report themselves as local news that are putting that kind of thing out without even checking with people and think they have inside knowledge. Here's the thing. Any inside knowledge we have, we give to you, the public. I want you to know what the inside knowledge is. That way, you're seeing it every day. You're seeing it on Fox News. You're seeing it on Public Health Department. You're seeing it from the state of Colorado. All those issues are out there. So please, don't panic. Look at the right information and understand we're releasing that as soon as we have it. And that uh, I don't want to hold any secrets. There is none. This is out in the open. Everybody knows it's coming. Going back to the misinformation piece, uh, just want to put out there that uh, COVID-19.colorado.gov for the state of Colorado, and then also tellercovid.com are two very reliable sources that people can go to to find out information about the latest developments in relationship. So as people are seeing these things on Facebook, as people are seeing things um, on blogs and, and things like that, those aren't informed sources. Bounce that off of what you see uh, off of these these websites that I was just talking about and what you're getting from your, your local first responders, your local law enforcement, their websites and their, their releases and things like that. And Tommy, I'll be a little stronger with words too. They're uninformed people that are putting out misinformation that are a hazard to everybody around them and they need to stop. Earlier you were talking about volunteer groups. Teller County is great uh, with the people here, the people that want to help. Absolutely. So I'll take the first stab at it, and I'm sure Renee will correct me. (laughs) But here's here's the thing. So last week, we reached out to the faith-based community. We reached out to the subdivisions and HOAs throughout the county. We reached out to our veterans organizations. Mm -hmm. um, And they have come back in force with information. And and what we asked them to do was set up like a, a calling tree so that they could check on neighbors um, they could report the right information, point them to the right websites, help us with all types of volunteering efforts. We've also had other groups, and Renee and Don and Cheryl can all talk about those groups. We've just had a been inundated with great people who we want as a response to help us with this issue throughout the county. And I think it just speaks to the type of county we have and the type of people we have, Tommy, that uh, they come from all walks of life, and uh, they're willing to reach out their hand and be a helpful neighbor or an elbow, I guess. Instead of a hand, but it's working. So I think one of the big things is, is we actually reached out and said, tell us what you have in your area. You know, what is your expertise? You, you came out here, you retired. So what was your profession? And will that be useful um, as we move forward? And they just came at us full force. They had started their phone tree. They gave us a list of all their credentials, um, any training that they've had. We've had people who've gone, you know, 30 years in the military, and every training class they've taken, um, they've sent it to us. We have a lot of medics, um, a lot of um, uh, first responders who are retired out here, nurses, doctors. Uh, So it's going to be a great resource for us. The other thing is we're working with our um, ham radio operators. We said, give us your call signals. We're going to start testing the system. We're going to make sure that we're able to get a hold of them because maybe they're not coming to town. You know, a lot of people in Teller County, they have a well... um, 
supply of, of items, uh, their food, uh, canned goods. A lot of people do canning, so they don't have to come to town every day to get supplies like a lot of people in the city. You know, I was surprised to hear that people go to the grocery store every single day. So I think that's going to be a new a new training that they're going to have to force themselves into to get a couple days supply to get by so that stores can get restocked. So we stood up the ham radios because there's a lot of folks in the county that don't use phones necessarily. Right. They don't have the internet. They're using their ham radios because they've been, you know, going through the testing and getting stood up on that. Since we want to release the right information, point them to the right sites, we're using that as another communication source. Absolutely. But what I want to clarify for people is that we are not doing it because we're going to cut off the internet feed to (laughs) all of Teller County. (laughs) I've heard that going around also. So hopefully that will dispel the rumor that we are controlling the information released in the county. That's another one of those conspiracy theories that is hurting people and is coming from not real news people. So just so that you know, we've done that so that we can reach a greater group within the county. And I think it's important to try to use all communication methods with everyone to give them good information. Right. No, and I totally agree. I think we have some great volunteers out there. They want to help. A lot of them are working from home or not working at all. And so they want to know what they can do, which brings up another excellent point that uh, the collection sites that we have set up right now, we have Teller Senior Coalition. They're taking items. They're taking stuff out to the seniors. We have Community Partnership. Um, They're building kits for families that are homebound. The Aspen Mind Center is taking donations. Um, They're helping to get people fed and taken care of as well. Uh, Community of Caring, which is also in Cripple Creek. And then, of course, tonight um, we have our food distribution at the Little Chapel uh, Food Pantry in Divide. So everybody is working together. They're stepping up, and I think it's great. And, uh, and I think it's to let people know if they want to volunteer, get a hold of us. You know, go on our Facebook page, go on nextdoor.com and see how you can help and let us know that you want to help. So just send us your uh, email and phone number and we'll get a hold of you. I guess listening to all the groups that we have out there and everything and the watching it all come together, this is a pretty special place to live. And the fact that we're all coming together as one team to help each other out and we're not having to voluntold people to come and help. I mean, we were more than rich in our resources of, of people and experiences and willingness to help. And it really just makes you feel good about where you live. You know, and it really does. And, and I will say this, I think we're one of the only counties that I've even heard of that are soliciting the support of their community to do these things um, in such a wide level. And, and I'm, I'm proud of that fact. We want our residents to be part of the solution you know, we live and die on the fact that our communities are the support network. And I think that's something our elected officials throughout the whole county, including the city and then the the county level, believe and understand is that uh, we work for the community. We work for the people. Mm-hmm. And that's important for them to understand. I think in a lot of areas, you're, you're seeing things like uh, what's coming close to martial law and different things. We don't need that. We have our community. And I think that's the important piece is that, uh, you know, Teller County has been able to take care of its own on our own. And, and that's a that's a pretty special piece. <laughs> Sheriff, I can't say enough. You're exactly right. We as a community, and we've been told, there are no supplies. You're on your own. We have to figure out ways. We have sewing groups set up that will be pumping out masks to help us, both with first responders and long-term care facilities. We're all in this. 
all of us. So we're organizing these resources, and we have been for the past three weeks. We've been building the infrastructure to manage, and we are virtually managing over 300 to 400 people daily in the operations as we go forward. We have what we call unified command. We have public health, the sheriff's department, and emergency management that works together totally to make sure that our citizens come first. We are here to serve you. And I think it's extremely important that you get the story or what is going on from the credible sources that we have. We have put together a joint information center. We send out one unified message in multiple different languages. We have some fantastic people, we have great organizations, and we're getting everybody to start stepping up to the plate to carry the load. You can't do it alone. This is going to be a different type of, and I'm gonna say the word, war or battle. It's a different type, but it is from our standpoint. We have to treat it as if this is going to be what we fight for the next six months. Nobody's given us a crystal ball to say, here's the end date. We wish they would. So if somebody's got one, bring it forward. You can drop it off at any of the donation sites and I'll pick it up personally. But I think that more than anything else, what our citizens need to know is we are projecting out two to three weeks in advance. We are well ahead of the curve. We work with our hospital system. We work with public health. We're working with our EMS and first responders. We started training our people two weeks before the federal government even made a declaration. We were on it. We're going to stay on it. And we believe in that forward thinking. Another thing that um, I would want everybody to know is, as while we're doing all this preparation and moving forward, the elected officials in all of our community also want us to maintain our essential services. And we have our critical workforce out there that isn't stopping, and they still need to provide services to those of us in the community, and they're not stopping. So the county and the cities will be supporting those every chance we get. We may be working from home, but we're still going to do what needs to be done to support those critical workforces. You bet. And Cheryl, you said it right. We've got building permits that still can be obtained. Drawings can still be approved. We are working with alternate work methods to ensure our community continues because that's the recovery. That's what's going to count in the long run is how we pull together as this goes forward and unfolds. One of the things that I saw in one of the releases was that the uh, Teller County declared a local disaster emergency. It sounds like a lot of words that, that people can misinterpret, so why don't we go ahead and get to the, the actual ground truth on that. 
that declaration of emergency was enacted to, in all truth, open up the spigots of money that the county can get into to be able to help fund and pay for these expenses that are coming down with this emergency. It also enacts and grants authority to the public health director and to our Office of Emergency Management to um, mobilize resources and to take care of the things that need to be done to protect the community. It isn't to say that everything is shut down and we're in a state of emergency. It's we have, we need resources and that's the mechanism to, to um, open those resources up. And, and I think what's important about that, Tommy, and Cheryl said a lot there is that if we don't, if we didn't declare an emergency, we would not have the ability to protect the county financially. And that's what people don't understand a lot of times, is that um, when we do those things and we open up that funding spigot, that saves the county from having to use all of its tax coffers to do that. What we don't want to do at the end of this is have a county that is now bankrupt from having to fund all these measures. So we have to fund up front, and then we have reimbursement that comes back from the state and the federal government since it's a nationally declared emergency and a state declared emergency. The way the structure works is that all Office of Emergency Management issues come through the county, not the cities. So the cities now have to fall under the county with approved time and resources to be backfunded through the county. So there's a lot that has to be done, and that means everybody has to have skin in the game, the cities, the county, and really all of our taxpayers. Because if we don't want those issues... That's why we ask for volunteers. We need those helps. That's really important on how we stay fiscally responsible to our taxpayers. And, you know, look, you got the city of Woodland Park. There's 8,500 residents or somewhere right around there. You know, if, if they didn't help and they didn't assist, this would come out of their coffers. And, um, so that's why you see everyone getting involved and being a part of this, because if they don't, At the end of the day, it can bankrupt cities, bankrupt counties, bankrupt states, and that's what we're trying to avoid. We are all working together, even before the declaration. Everybody had skin in the game, and and we are all coming together at all levels of government, volunteers, you name it. Everybody is coming together. Local businesses. Local businesses Mm -hmm. are huge, yeah. One of the things that I wanted to throw out there was experience. COVID-19 is not the first emergency, we'll call it, that that Teller County has experienced. We have severe winters, we have forest fires, we have other things like that. Can you talk about the learning experience through all of those that that can lead up to our response for COVID-19? You're pretty fortunate in this county right now. I will tell you, um, all of us have had a lot of experience with these issues. You know, I um, cut my teeth on the Hayman fire during that uh, time period. Um, I went to Katrina dealt with Katrina. Some other big problems that occurred. We had uh, Waldo fires. Um, We had the High Chateau fires. This community has been ready um, for a long time to deal with emergencies. Renee has dealt with the volunteer organizations from Waldo fire, Heyman fire, all those different fires. And, And although this isn't a fire, the system and the structure that are behind it, which is a national incident management system, is something that we stand up on all major issues. We've done it with the Texas 7. We've done it with uh, all types of um, issues that have occurred in the county for the last 20-some years or 25 years now, coming close to my experience here. Don, you want to talk a little bit about your background? Because it's pretty uh, it's a pretty depth 
I'm very blessed to be here in Teller County. Uh, two out of the uh, selection board are sitting here with me, and I thank them for this opportunity. But yes, we implement what's called NIMS, National Incident Management System, which is a management tool to organize the resources to be able to respond quickly, efficiently, and effectively. We use what's called a daily emergency action plan that lines everybody out as to what their duties, tasks, and resource needs are. So we get those resources, whether it's business, whether it's volunteers, whether it's agencies, cities, towns, we get them together and we organize how we're going to address not only the problem today, but we are always working towards the problem tomorrow. That's our goal, stay ahead of it. So far, we've been very effective. We've got members of the Teller Combined Agency team from Woodland Park, City of Victor, City of Cripple Creek, the county. Everybody is pitching in their resources to make sure that this gets managed in a very proactive, systematic, and effective way. And that's called the NIM system. And yes, I thank you guys for the ability to work here because this is a battle of a different kind. We're very fortunate to have public health on board, the Sheriff's Department, all fire, EMS, all the first responders are public works agencies from both the county, the cities, they are all pitching in. But the biggest thing is they have to be organized. We need to make sure that we work in concert with one another, not against one another. Thank you. So we're fortunate to have so many key people, community leaders here in one place in this room. And so I'd like to ask each of each one of you to make a closing statement before we leave here today. So Deputy Bunting, can I start with you, please? So the biggest thing is this sewing project we have going on. We just need volunteers to come together to help us to get these masks created. The other thing is anybody who wants to volunteer, just let me know what it is that they, you know, their expertise and contact me, reach out, let us know what we're, um, what they have to offer. And then that way we can uh, call them back and get them hooked up with another group. Don, can I... Uh... Have you go next? You betcha. Thank you for this opportunity again. And as Renee just said, we are organizing our resources. When we talk about a sewing club, we've already had one lady generate 100 masks for a long-term care facility. This is the sort of thing that we do. We do all of this virtually. That's important for you guys to know and understand. We drop off wholesale resources. They open the door, they take it in, they make it. We make sure it's prepped properly, washed, sanitized before it gets used. What a resource Teller County has. Thank you. Cheryl, may I ask you to go next, please? Uh, I just want to encourage everybody to watch out for each other. 
check up on your neighbor. Make sure your friends are communicating. If um, somebody needs um, something from the store and they're in a maybe a compromised um, position with their health, go do it for them. That's what we do up here. And um, let's not just look after ourselves. Let's look out after all those around us. That's what makes us so great up here. Thank you. And Sheriff, you want to finish this off here? You know, Tommy, thank you for the opportunity today. You know, the big thing is, is I think people just need to stay teller strong. You know, we're a community. We're all in this together. We're not getting out of this without each other. And I think at the end of the day, just remember, get good information. Turn the TV off sometimes and think about what you have and that the health that you have right now in your family and and not so much get into this, to some degree, overblown sense that the world is ending. And I think that would help out immensely. And just know that we care. We never sleep anymore. Uh, since this has started, <laughs> like always, we start having to deal with things 24-7. And that's fine. That's what we're here for. But th- we need that community support. We need you to know that we are doing the best we possibly can. I think we're ahead of most places. We're right at the right size to where it's a little bit overwhelming, but it's not too bad. So um, it, it's something you just have to remember as a community. You elected the right officials. They're in the right places to do the right things. And, and I really got to tell you, just the, uh, the ability of our facilities groups and our road crews to, that are jumping in and doing things, there are so many unsung heroes in this right now that are doing so many things uh, to make it easier for the public to get through this. And I just want to say thank you to everybody and just stay teller strong and be kind to each other. Um, We'll see you at the end of this. Thanks, Tommy. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening to this podcast. We're going to be upping our frequency for the podcast so we can get to as many people with the knowledge into your ears. Uh, And so be looking for that. And thank you for joining us. Click, click. Awesome. This podcast was made possible by the Teller County Honorary Deputy Sheriff's Association. The HDSA is a nonprofit organization dedicated to increasing public safety and awareness by providing safety and survivability equipment to deputies, administering community events like Shop with a Hero, and enabling information programs like this podcast.